Hey everyone, it's your girl Kaylee. Thank you for tuning in yet again. You're in for a jam-packed episode. So kicking things off is our chat with incredibly versatile Kylie Y. Turner, a comedian, actress, writer, producer, puppeteer. She doesn't work a job, she is a job. Yes, girls. Look, Kylie, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing well, all things considered in pandemic. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Good to hear it. And again, just thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome. So now that I've already spotted off your credential, your credentials, just tell the audience a little bit about what makes you, you. Well, I am a very charismatic, um, quirky, <laughs> the little bit of the awkward black girl in there. Charismatic, quirky, adventurous, uh, mom of two crazy little boys. <laughs> awesome. Your boy, mom. We love it. Love to see it. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So one reason I wanted to speak with you, I love seeing Black women and just women of color in comedy. So what got you started? Well, it's funny because I think about when I was younger and I used to like make faces and stuff like that um, and ask my friends, like, would you be my friend if I look like this? And who would have thought that that was like beginner training, you know, for everything that was going to come afterwards. So those making faces have morphed into creating characters. Um, and then I was like, I really want to learn more about this. So I joined American Candy, a sketch team, and then studied at UCB in the pit and then was just off and running from there. Awesome. Gotcha. And so for you, what would you say is the most unique thing about your comedy? Definitely that I'm a, uh, by POC, that I'm a black indigenous woman. Um, I was raised on a reservation down in Mashpee, Cape Cod, raised between there and Boston. And so I feel like it really gives me a very unique perspective, uh, number one, as a Black Indigenous woman. And everything that I tackle really has some form of race in it because that's our world, right? Like Mm -hmm. when we walk into spaces, that's what people see. So that's the world I deal in. (laughs) Exactly. And just if you don't mind, what was it like growing up on a reservation? Uh, well, as a Black Indian, it was very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I have a whole play about it called Indian Country because, uh, unfortunately, you know, Hollywood kind of tells us what Native Americans look like the same way they tell us everything, right? Like, we get a lot of our information from Hollywood, unfortunately. And so growing up down there, um, looking the way I look, not necessarily looking like a traditional Hollywood Native American, it was really hard being, you know, a woman of color, um, being told that I was, like, my hair didn't look the same as theirs, my hair didn't necessarily move, Um, I was lighter, and then darker in some instances, and so it was, it was um, a very layered experience, like, I I loved the culture, the tradition, but I could definitely do without the, you know, the the white imperialism. Yeah, (laughs) for sure, (laughs) gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) overall just thinking of your work what would you say your acting project wise has been the most rewarding so far um such a hard question because I've done a few things that I I really enjoyed um one of my most rewarding was probably when I um my graduate school dissertation which was um fires in the mirror by Anne Devere Smith it was done by me, Giovanna Mundy, and Deanna Supley, and it was directed by Jessica Schechter, who was a Jewish woman. And um, Fires in the Mirror was about the riots in the 90s here in Brooklyn, um, in Crown Heights, between the Black community and the Jewish community, and was performed by three Black women. 
directed by a Jewish woman. So that really, you know, we brought her into our world and she brought her into hers. And it, so it really opened my eyes up to like how much we have in common with Hasidic culture. Um, and then gave me a history of Brooklyn and the riots here. And then just, you know, twofold to 2020 and all the protests and everything mm -hmm. going on today. And even though it's not necessarily between the black and the Jews, it just shows how much history really is, re repeats itself, you know, really is cyclical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is the truth, the unfortunate truth, but yeah. it is what it is. But no, that dissertation in that moment just sounds amazing. So yeah. Just thinking more, it's about your experience and what you bring to the table. I feel like a lot of us know what the word producer is and we know that title, but I don't think we really know what's behind it. So what exactly does it mean to be a producer? Money. <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny, but it, it actually, it does. It like, if, if you're a producer, then you're throwing money, you know, you're throwing right. money, you're, you're scheduling, you're organizing, you're, you're really this whole like, one woman or one man show of putting a production together, whether it's a, a pilot, a play, a sketch, you know, uh, your podcast, you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. <laughs> you're a whole team, you know, you're the budget, you're, the, you're the HR, like mm -hmm. you're a producer really is all of those things. Well, a good one anyway, you know, it really is all of those things or knows how to delegate all of those things to their team. If you're lucky enough to have a budget where you can have a team, <laughs> a production team, right. um, but yeah. But definitely, I want to say again, money, because like, as we all know, being creative costs money. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> like, <laughs> truth. Oh, don't even get me started on that. So anyway. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> For just the aspiring producers out there, you want to share a few producer pro tips? Yeah, I would say don't let your fear of whatever project you want to make or your fear of maybe lack of finances, right? Or lack of budget to make whatever product you're trying to do, keep you from creating, right? Like uh, I did a workshop the other day and I think one of the best pieces of advice I got from it was just create, like dare to create and dare to create something awful. And, and that to me was like, you know what I mean? Because we all, especially as artists, you know, Erica Badu, we are sensitive about our shit. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And, and we want people to feel and we you know what i mean like we like especially if you have like a strong message or whatever like you want you and that's what this is right that's why we're all in this business like as as vessels and to and to create um feelings in others and stuff um and so i i feel like don't be scared because even if you create something awful or if it doesn't come out exactly maybe how you saw it right you're still learning and it's a process and you're always going to be learning and so that just means all of those things that maybe didn't necessarily go the way that you wanted, you learned from, and now you know for the next round. So just create. And there's plenty of stuff out there that is trash, and, and it's on streaming platforms and stuff. Mm -hmm. so, so you never know. You <laughs> never know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just create. Yeah, no. Dare to dream. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely like a good piece of advice. And I definitely think it's one that people need to hear. I mean, even for myself sometimes, I let fear of like failure, of things being bad mm -hmm. stop me. And then just to your point about like things being trash on like Netflix and things of that yes. nature. Like I always think about like Michelle Obama. She talks about like how she's been at every table. She's been at in every room you can imagine. And yet there's mm -hmm. mediocre people in there all the time. So it's just yep. that lesson is just so applicable here for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And there's so many, there's so many different platforms now, you know, with YouTube, QB, Tubi, you know what I mean? Like Netflix, mm -hmm. there's some Apple TV, Disney Plus, like there's so many different platforms, you know, and, and you can do it independently. You could get backers, like just create, just mm -hmm. create. Throw your mom over there, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds like a, the, you know, neighbor background the, the the beauty of brooklyn <laughs> yeah no for sure and just like for me like personally like i try not to edit as much because i want just like you said like it's okay to make mistakes like so for me like i try not to edit the show as much because i want that naturalness that authenticity and i think that's what's important in creative work as well but yeah, yeah. so just stepping off on that little tangent i went on so <laughs> as a writer just what is it like watching your pen come to life Oh my goodness, it is awe-inspiring, right? Because it's like you, it's like creating a baby almost, you know, you, you birth this idea, you know, you, you put in the work, you write for however hours, minutes it takes you, and then to see it come to life, whether it's on stage or an animation or, you know, maybe it's the monologue to your podcast or a show or something like this, it's like, you're like, I created that. Like this, this is a tangible thing now, it's live and, and people can see it. So mm -hmm. it's just amazing. <laughs> and then, of course, you have your moments where you're like, oh, man, that was, I, sh I probably should have rewrote that or I should have. <laughs> you know, yeah, it happens. It happens. But we grow and we learn from it. So, exactly. You know, <laughs> for sure. Awesome. So just before we go, what's your favorite puppeteer moment? Ooh, um, I did for Lead Soul Sisters, kind of in the beginning of quarantine, I did like a Q&A session with them. And that was really great because it was for the community. It was for girls of color um, who have, you know, some of them have been in the foster system. Um, and you know, that that's a whole nother, mm -hmm. ooh, that's a whole nother thing. Um, and so to be able to just bring some joy to them through Onika, my puppet, um, and have them be able to ask questions and her just give advice and things of that nature and how to just take care of yourself in quarantine for them. Like that was really great for me and really special. Cause I, you know, I, lo I love my folks. I, I do it for the culture. <laughs> yes. Yes. I identify with that a hundred percent. Like this show is for the culture. So no, for yes. sure. thank you for that. So before we go, I want to thank you again for joining me today. Thank you. And then also before we go to break, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Um, yes, look out for Urban Puppets Place. Um, that is our urban puppet answer to Sesame Street, right? Because <laughs> puppets that look like us, talk like us, sound like us. Um, and it's an adult show. Um, so I would say PG 13 plus, like, you know, um, it's not for the kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Everybody here is college and up. So you yeah, good. Like, so maybe not have the kids watching, but um, yeah, definitely look out for that. Um, find us on IG. Um, I mean, I'm always, you can follow me on IG also, um, MDAM Starlight. I'm always creating. I'm always try, trying to go to the next thing. I'm actually in the process of redoing my pilot right now, um, rewriting that. Um, so look out for Fucked Up and Fabulous. Look out for Urban Puppets Place. And um, yeah, just, I don't know, look out for me. And if you need a comedian, like, holler at your girl. Like, I host, I do things. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like, y'all hear that? Look out for your girl. All the things she said, it will be in the episode description. So definitely check that out and definitely support for sure. All right. So y'all stay tuned. There's just so much more in store after this break, including some tips for your job search, your job interview, and all of that. So stay tuned.
And we're back. So y'all remember on Twitter when I asked if you're having a hard time finding a job or if you're looking for a new job? Well, I got something for you today. So I'm going to share some tips related to the overall job search from interviewing to your resume to just different things you need to be mindful of. So I'll go ahead and jump in to the first one. Do not be negative in your interview. And it sounds like easier said than done. Like, why would anyone be negative in an interview? But let me tell you, being negative can literally make or break your interview. It's, if you're negative, it's seen as you being unprofessional. And it can be in just some subtle ways, you know, like describing, you know, a process or system at your past job is awful, or just saying the word sternly, that can be a flag in certain contexts. And of course, words like confront, difficult, tough, boring, they have a negative connotation. So just be very mindful of your language and not sounding negative in any sort of way in reference to anything, whether it's yourself, your prior job. Like I said, it can be seen as unprofessional. Tip two, be specific. Vagueness, that's a red flag. And it makes us question your honesty and what you've really done. You should be able to fully describe all of your past roles on your resume. You should be able to give numbers and just all kinds of specifics. So just being able to describe even what your day looks like from start to finish etc things like that if we walk away feeling like we learned nothing about you you will not get hired tip three personality let it shine through like i'm not asking you to be fake but let your personality shine through it can be what pushes you towards the higher line so have high energy things of that nature confidence tip four Michelle Obama says she's been in every major room at every major table and a lot of the people there aren't that smart at all. And I can tell you that's true. It's very true. And there's a lot of mediocre people in this world that step up to the plate. So be confident in yourself. Okay, like you got this. I know you do or just fake it until you make it like it's clear where you're not confident in an interview and that makes employers not be confident in you. My advice, listen to music to hype you up before an interview. Like that's always something that helps me. Tip number five, your resume. Make sure your resume is nice and neat. Make sure the format is the same across the board. So for example, list, if you list your employer and then like your role and then the date you work there, keep that same format throughout. Don't have it mismatched across the board. Like for another job, don't have, you know, first the role and then the employer name and then the date. Keep it consistent if you get what I'm saying. Make sure you have those dates too, by the way, because we do want to know how long you've worked from place to place. Um, and just make sure again that it's error free. Some people are forgiving and some people are absolutely not, especially if the role requires attention to detail. So just be mindful. Also use Canva for a nice fresh look. They love seeing a resume that stands out aesthetically. If it looks the same boring as everybody else, it might not get that much attention. But if it pops, if it looks pretty or new in some way, they might look at it a little bit longer. And I don't remember the exact stat, but I can tell you like, talent acquisition people recruiters they do not spend a long time looking at resumes sometimes because we don't have all that time in the world research the company that's tip six because if you ask a question that can easily be assessed from the website it's going to look bad also you just want to be prepared and it also looks good when you can interweave that company knowledge somehow tip seven again just be prepared come with questions at least three and don't be basic with your questions and don't include in that three questions you know the next steps no come with really fresh great questions ask one that shows like your investment to the company in the role for example you can ask in what ways is this company looking to elevate ask them you know what would you like to see the person in this role achieve in the first six months ask a scary question and the scary question is if they have any hesitancies about your candidacy. 
it shows that you're open to feedback, which is a plus. People love that. And it gives you a moment to just save yourself and clear up any misconceptions or anything like that they may have about you. Tip eight, don't overshare. Again, for some is a huge thing. For some, they're more lenient. So don't mention things like maybe your depression or how much you like to eat or whatever. There's If there's a chance now to strike common ground, like if they throw that out there, then take it. But just don't tell your whole life story. Cool. Number nine, no distractions. Um, if you distract your interviewer with your background noise or people walking through, that is not a good thing. Just make sure you have no distractions going on. Don't have your phone going off in the interview. Make sure your lighting is good. Lighting is key, y'all. Make sure that half of your face is not dark, bland. Um, and just, again, that hints at professionalism and being prepared, especially if you're going to be doing a role that requires a lot of, you know, Zoom interviews with not just your colleagues, but with other people for the role. Just keep that in mind. And number 10, timeliness. Be on time and not just to your interview, but let me tell you what timeliness and, and for instance, when they send you that initial, you know, interview email, respond quickly. They actually care and track how fast you respond to that invitation email to interview. Um, another thing, if they call you, make sure you call back as fast as you can if you miss it. Because again, those type of things, they count, they matter, they take note of those things. So just be mindful of all of that. All right, so that wraps up the 10 tips that I have for you today. And I'll probably have some for you again. So just stay tuned. There's more in store in the show after the break. And we're back. So now we are joined by blogger Tay Harper. Hey, girl, welcome to the show. Hi, Tay. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, listeners know, they know that I love learning the root and inspiration behind everything. So what inspired your blog, Frank and Sincere? Um, I honestly, I love documentaries. I love hearing people's stories about their lives and how they overcame any type of adversities and just learning more about their experiences, but just when it comes to life in general. Gotcha. Awesome. So let's talk about TV One's Unsung because I know that also influenced your blog. So what would you say is your most favorite episode? Honestly, I don't have a favorite episode. I love them all. I literally look at an episode every morning Mm -hmm. um, as a form of inspiration. So I I just love this show. I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. I totally love this show as well. And so when I was writing this question to ask you, I was trying to think to myself, what is my favorite episode? And just for me, it was hard. But I think ultimately... I think I decided on the escape episode because I didn't realize how many escape songs that I knew. Mm. So oh, you know they're supposed to have a um, versus maybe between SWV. That's an option, I think. Oh, that would be good. That would be really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, like, I didn't even know that. Like I just know about the verses that's coming up on Sunday with Miss Patty Labelle and Miss Gladys Knight. So yes, I, I didn't. Tights ready, okay? Oh yes. Get a little kitten heels on, <laughs> ready to go. You know. <laughs> But no, I would love definitely to see an escape and um, SWV battle, like for real. But no, so just thank you. Um, so just take a moment and just share more info with the audience about your blog. Yes, yeah, so my blog is Frank and Sincere, where I converse with um, people who are just willing to share their life's journey with me. And it's both, they have, I have different series. So, um, so far I've had the motherhood series, the fatherhood series, and then overcoming adversity when it comes to Hurricane Katrina. And people just talk about their life experiences. And my hope is that everyone's story will inspire someone. Mm-hmm. 
So, Absolutely. If you don't mind me asking, just tell me a little bit about the discussion and how that went for the motherhood series. So it was great. I mean, I know I have some friends who are beautiful mothers and just seeing them raise their children, like, you know, when from the time they were pregnant to their kids now and just asking them, how is motherhood? I'm not a mother and I know everyone's experiences are different. And based off of what I know about my friends, what I've seen, um, you know, I just catered the questions towards that. So for instance, one of my best friends, she has a blended family. So it was like, well, how, you know, how do you cope with that? Another one, I know that she is very strong with communication. So, you know, her teaching her children about boundaries and not being afraid to speak up for themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, the motherhood um, series was great. All of them were great. <laughs> I know, like, girl, go ahead and talk about your stuff. Plug it. Tell me about the fatherhood one. So the fatherhood was interesting because I felt like that one was, I don't know. I feel like, did I get, I think I had to hunt people down a little bit for that one, mm -hmm. but um, it was very good. And one of the most um, heartfelt interviews I had was actually with my father and just, um, you know, just telling my father, just letting my father know, I guess it was more so about forgiveness, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, we all have in our mind, like what, how we want our parents to be this and that. And sometimes, you know, they're human. So they just don't live up to those standards or expectations that we have. So I wanted to let my father know that no matter what happened, what transpired, you know, in my childhood, I love you and I forgive you. So I think that was a huge takeaway, not only for me, but for other people, because other people told me that, you know, they went and spoke to their parents and forgave them for whatever, whatever um, transpired. So um, it was very good. Um, another guest I had was just talking about you know, the fighting for joint custody of his children and just knowing what some fathers had to go through in order to just remain active in their child's life. So mm -hmm. uh, it was just a very interesting take on that entire journey. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And just two things off the top of my head. So just in relation to that dialogue in terms of with your father and just fathers out there and just those wounds, um, that conversation that was had it just seems healing um yeah. that seems like a healing moment a healing blog moment mm -hmm. and just in relation to what you last said I think that's something that we don't talk about um like you hear a lot of talk about deadbeat dads and you know fathers who don't want to be present but there are fathers out there who do and there are sometimes where women block it or other things that are blocking it so I definitely think it's good that you put a spotlight on people or fathers out there who are actually trying to be fathers but something's blocking it so I Definitely. appreciate that perspective and I think that's something that needs to be talked about more um because I mean I mean there's so many factors in that you know what I'm saying it could be the mother and especially the court system I mean mm -hmm. you know they had to go through hell and high waters just to try and get some type of visitation like that so um it was just it was just very eye-opening very intriguing and you know it honestly made me want to uh I guess start something else where you can help those fathers who want to be there and who are just going through hell and high water to be there for their children mm -hmm. definitely no and I appreciate that and I think 
that's why it's important. We need so many creatives out there. We need, you know, people who are doing the work to explore so many different dynamics that we don't discuss. And I know like on Twitter, there's always conversation about the movies and the TV shows that we want to see, or, you know, like, for instance, more love stories, like when Easter Rays, the photograph came out, everybody was excited to see Black Love on the TV screen. And I think it's just very important that you do with your blog, like you just mentioned, just touching on, you know, different aspects like fatherhood and just that under talked about part where there are fathers who are out there trying but can't. So no, definitely, I appreciate your work. And I can't say that enough. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm hmm. Totally. So I want to end this episode on a fun note. And so I'm going to set the timer for two minutes. And and this time we're going to try to find four things we have in common and we can go back and forth with it. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> now, I've never done this before. <laughs> and everybody on the show know I've never done this before. So we're going to see how this goes. And let's see if we can actually find four min- like four things in two minutes. Okay. Because um, it might be harder than it sounds. So we're going to see. <laughs> All right, so let me get this timer rolling and I'll kick it off. All right. Okay, the last concert I went to was a Beyonce concert. No, uh, oh Lord Jesus, who was the last concert I went to? Ooh, goodness gracious, I don't even remember, but it wasn't Beyonce, uh-uh. Okay, you throw something out there now. Oh goodness, okay. Um, the last thing I ate was, uh, Lord, what did I eat? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a baker how about that I'm a baker are you a baker um so the last thing I ate was spaghetti so spaghetti. <laughs> traditional black milk okay let me throw something out um my favorite color to wear is yellow oh that's mine too sis all right yes we got one we got like a minute and 15 left in the okay car. throw something out there <laughs> hey you might have to throw something out there sis I can't even think okay <laughs> okay let's see um uh, uh I like my favorite flower. Um, I have two favorite flowers, sunflower and rose. Okay, I like them too. Sunflower, that's my favorite. Boom, okay. Ooh, wait, see. I have one for you. Okay. I have not seen Lovecraft Country or Pea Valley. Oh man, you almost had me because I haven't seen Love. <laughs> I haven't seen Lovecraft Country, but I have seen Pea Valley. That's my show. But you know what? We're going to cheat this one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're going to give a point for the first part. Okay, so we got one more. Let's see. Um... We got like 35 seconds on the clock. Um, let's see. What can I think of? Um, I love pasta. One of my favorite foods is lasagna. Yes, ma'am. All right, boom, we did it. Yes, ma'am. Can I just say something right quick, Kay? If you love yes. pasta, I need you to go visit Chef Risha on Instagram. She huh? has like a skillet pasta that you, honey, you're going to love it. I'm telling you. And how do I spell like the, the like her last name, Chef? Who was? How do I spell it? It's R E S H A. Okay, boom, got it. And for all y'all out there, if you like pasta, y'all check it out too. <laughs> awesome. No, so thank you so much. That was fun. We had twenty three seconds left, so we beat the clock. So. Oh, yay. Yes, we did it. And it was fun. So just thank you for joining me for this episode and this super random game. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And to all the Balance fam out there, thank y'all for tuning in and joining me for this journey. As always, grow, glow, know, and I'll catch y'all next week.